0: Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. We want to move now to 2 John. The book of 2 John, or the letter of 2 John, only has one chapter. It's one of the shorter books of the Bible. It's 13 verses. Of course, it was written by John the Apostle. And along with 1 John and 3 John, 2 John was probably written about the same period of time, around the mid-80s A.D. A 2 John was written to the Asian churches, just as the other letters were. And John was probably the bishop, the acting bishop, over this church or these churches. John, at the latter part of his life, was the bishop over a large portion of the the known Christian world, including all the churches of Revelation, the seven churches that are mentioned in the the book of Revelation. So this is an epistle that was written to the church in general, in that generation that that he was writing to. Uh, There's a lot of personal note to this particular letter. Uh, It refers to an elect lady that we'll talk about a bit. Uh, It also speaks of a man named Gaius by name. Gaius may have been the acting pastor over one of these churches or the regional leader over a number of them. John encourages believers to walk in the truth, and this is also a theme in 3 John. Uh, He warns believers against deceivers, and he speaks of rejecting those who refuse to abide in the truth. So there's a lot of instruction here. And um, uh, in these 13 short verses, John has a lot to say. So let's begin. Second John, verse 1. The elder to the lady chosen by God and to her children whom I deeply love in the truth, and not I only, but also all who know the truth, because of the truth which lives in us and will be with us forever, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, And from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, will be with us in truth and in love. It has given me great joy to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one that we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk in obedience to His commands. As you have heard from the beginning... His command is that you walk in love. I say this because many deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Any such person is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch out that you do not lose what we have worked for, but that you may be rewarded fully. Anyone who runs ahead and does not continue in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever continues in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not take them into your house or welcome them. Anyone who welcomes them shares in their wicked work. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to visit you and talk with you face to face, so that our joy may be complete." The children of your sister, who is chosen by God, send their greetings. Now, this letter starts out the elder. Of course, that's John calling himself an elder in the church. It's interesting. He doesn't say the apostle. Uh, he doesn't say the beloved friend of Jesus Christ. He calls himself an elder. And um, uh, he writes to the lady chosen by God and to her children. Now, there's been a lot of speculation down through the years as to who this lady is uh, that this letter is addressed to. It's addressed specifically to the lady chosen by God. So what are the different ideas about who this lady may be? Well, first, the church, of course, could be the lady. Uh, The church is the bride of Christ, which is a lady. The church, universal could be spoken of here, chosen by God. And the children that John says, her children, could be the children within the church. So the universal church and the offspring that the church are bringing life to down through the generations. That could be who this letter's addressed to. The second idea that's been bandied about is that this may be addressed to a specific female uh, leader within the church. So this could have been a very special Godly woman that was known by all, and this reference to the lady chosen by God or the elect lady may have been honoring this individual lady who is known well among the churches here in the in Asia that John is writing to. The third idea on this is that this could, in fact, be Mary, the mother of Jesus. You may recall that John was at the site of the crucifixion, as was Mary, the mother of Jesus. And um, just before Jesus gave up his earthly spirit, he told John and told Mary that um, Mary was to be John's mother, and John was to be Mary's son, and John was to take care of Mary. Well, this letter may be, in fact, written to a church where Mary is uh, one of the premier members, and so she would certainly be the lady chosen by God. That could easily apply to Mary. But this is one of the theories. And then the last theory is that the lady chosen by God refers to the Asian churches, that these were churches that were especially close to uh, uh, John's heart, that he addressed them as a group, as the... Uh, the chosen lady or the lady chosen by God, and then her children would be, by extension, members of those Asian churches. So these are some of the thoughts, and I'm sure that there's some more obscure ones that we don't know. I kind of like the idea that Mary, the mother of Jesus, may have been part of this church, because this letter ends with greetings from the lady's sister. There's been some conjecture that John may have been Jesus's first cousin, and um, his mother may have, in fact, been related to Mary, the mother of Jesus, and to Zachariah's mother and father as well. John may have been a a cousin to Jesus, a first cousin to Jesus. I'll go into that another time. Verse three, we read, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son. And so John definitively uh, extends apostolic blessing, grace, mercy, and peace, but he extends it not only from himself, but uh, from God the Father, and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son. So John is stipulating within this verse 3 that God the Father is who he worships, and Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah, the Father's Son, is on par with the Father in this verse 3. He's both Messiah and Son of God. And um, it says, they will be with us in truth and love. Jesus, of course, was the truth, was the love, Of God expressed to mankind, and he is the truth and the love. Verse 4, It has given me great joy to find that some of your children are walking in the truth, just as the Father commanded us. So John apparently has had some reports back from this church uh, that many of the attendees or the participants in this church were doing well, and this has thrilled John's heart. But I want to get to uh, two critical verses, verse 5 and verse 6. John writes, And now, dear lady, I am not writing you a new command, but one that we have had from the beginning. I ask that we love one another, and this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. Now, Which commands is he talking about? This new command. Is he alluding to something of the Ten Commandments? What is he saying from the beginning? The one that we've had from the beginning. I think he's talking about the command of Jesus Christ given in John chapter 13 verse 34. Of course, the, the Gospel of John was also written by this same writer of Second John. And uh, John writes in his Gospel in chapter 13 verse 34, This is Jesus speaking. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. And so Jesus puts this, yes, on par with the Ten Commandments, but it's a a new teaching. It is something that Jesus is bringing to the table. And he says we're to love one another as Jesus loved us. So must we love one another. Well, how did Jesus love us, friends? He lived a sacrificial life. He lived his life for other people. He never married. He never had a home of his own. He was totally given over to other people. And so this new command that Jesus gave us, that we were to love like he loved, it's a very, very tall order. But John remembers the words of Jesus from his gospel in chapter 13, uh, verse 34, and he writes in Second John I'm not writing you a new command, but one that we've had from the beginning. So what is he talking about from the beginning? From the teachings of Christ. This letter, 2 John, was written late in John's life, but he remembers back perhaps 50 years earlier when Jesus taught them that he was giving a new commandment, that we should love one another as Jesus loved us. John continues, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning... His command is that you walk in love. And so the command of Jesus is that we walk in love. And then John defines love. Obedience to his commands or to his teachings is love. Once again, the love language of heaven is obedience to the Word of God and the will of God. John goes on to warn against deceivers and antichrist. In verse 7, he says, Deceivers who do not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh have gone out into the world. Such a person is a deceiver and the Antichrist. Some people are looking for an individual named, uh, referred to as the Antichrist. There may be such an individual ultimately in end-time prophecy that comes, comes on the scene. But everybody who does not acknowledge Jesus Christ as coming in the flesh, as the Son of God, both Son of God and Messiah, is an Antichrist by definition. There's a a writing, I'm told, on the inside and an inscription on the, uh, the wall above the entry door to the Dome of the Rock. And it says, Allah has no son. Well, anyone who denies that God has a son is an Antichrist. This is an Antichrist spirit because Christ is both Messiah and the Son of God. And so Yahweh has a son. We've got to continue in the faith as it was once delivered to us, friends. We've got to continue in the apostolic teaching. We've got to continue running with what the scriptures say and not what we make up from our own hearts or what other religions tell us. Lord, we thank you for the word of God. We receive the grace, mercy, and peace that John extended to us from you, God, our Heavenly Father, and from you, Lord Jesus, the Father's Son, and our precious Messiah. May we be filled with the love and truth of God this day and all days. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.